Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to the European Hoops Podcast. We are a sports hitters presentation. We bring you all the coverage you need of the EuroLeague. We recap and preview all the action and cover all the news surrounding the competition. Join us on this ride and learn more about some of the best basketball played in the world. Make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Itos EuroLeague. After a week without games and with the playoffs about to start, we bring you our awards for the 2022-2023 EuroLeague regular season. How are you doing? Hi, Andre. I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. If you guys haven't done it yet, make sure you listen to our last episode where we break down all the four playoff series of this edition of the EuroLeague. On this special episode, we will talk about awards, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, Rising Star, first and second all EuroLeague teams and the EuroLeague All-Defensive team. Let's start with the youngsters and let's start with the rising stars of this edition of the EuroLeague. We will bring you our top three picks for each of the awards. Duke, who were the players that didn't make your final top three for the, the Rising Stars Award? Or if you had a clear top three, who was your number three? Okay, so I just want to start off by setting the criteria I had for, for this one. I had uh, 23 and under, so... Uh, guys that were born in 2000 and after. So my the the one guy that didn't make my list, uh, I'm a big fan of him, is Strezel from Monaco, uh, the point guard. Uh, I think he's a, a very good young player. And obviously he's behind Mike James, Jordan Lloyd, Elio Kobo, so it's hard for him to get uh, a lot of playing time. But I think he has played pretty decently when, he, when he's gotten called upon. So uh, I had him at number four. Per se, it's an honorable mention. Uh, and then my number three is the the wing that it's uh, very talked about on this podcast uh, from Alba Berlin, uh, Gabriel <laughs> Procida. Uh, I, I like his game a lot. Uh, he had some some big games. Uh, I, I like that they allowed him to, to make some mistakes. And uh, I think he, he's a good wing. He's athletic. Uh, he can shoot somewhat. And he, he's strong driving to the basket. So I have him as my number three. Uh, I don't know if next year he's going to move on to the NBA or if he's going to stay in EuroLeague, but uh, I think he is a rising star in Europe. So Proceed is absolutely a rising star within this EuroLeague, but uh, I had him and Alan Smilogic as my honorable mentions. I'll be honest here, uh, while I think that Proceed has a very high upside, I didn't really have him in, con in consideration for my top three, just because I did this more based on current production than projecting in terms of future. Otherwise, I will have Proceed very likely on my top two, but I think the Italian player has what it takes to, to become a star, and that is uh, why 
I wanted to, to mention him in my honorable mentions. Smilic, the Serbian big man from Partizan, also wasn't in real contention to my final top three, but he's shown that uh, he has the ability of being an important piece for a EuroLeague team in the long run, being a worthy honorable mention. The third and second places of my top three were between Madar, the Israeli guard from Partizan, and Rokas Jokobaitis from Barcelona, the 22-year-old Lithuanian guard ended the season averaging 5 points, 2 rebounds, 2.5 assists, while Madar, the 23-year-old Israeli player, ended the season averaging 5.7 points, 1.5 assists. Rockets flashed a more advanced playmaking ability during this season, having a role as big as Madar in the, a deeper team like Barcelona, and that is why I gave him the, the edge. What about you, you Diog? Who do you have in second on your top three? Okay, I just want to say uh, about uh, Jakubaitis. Uh, I didn't have him here because he already won it last year, so I didn't want to to kind of repeat it. But, <laughs> he but at number him. two, <laughs> yeah. But at number two, uh, I do have Yamadar. Um, I think he played a, a nice role this this season with Partizan. He, he started a couple of games, so and he played pretty good basketball. Uh, I think he has the. A, a, a nice potential to, to be a good EuroLeague point guard. So uh, I had him at number two, uh, just because in terms of uh, production for this year, uh, he was obviously higher than Gabriel Procida. So I gave him the edge and uh, I have him number two. We went the, the same way here. The only difference was like I had Jakobaitis still in the mix for the Rising Star. I think he's one of the Rising Stars and I think he's in a, a more evolved stage of his development while still being one year younger. He is for sure one of the rising stars of this EuroLeague. My number one rising star from this edition of the EuroLeague is Filip Petrushev, the 23-year-old Serbian 7-fit player from Red Star. He's a future EuroLeague star that's shown signs of improvement having a strong season, scoring 10.7 points per game, averaging 5.2 rebounds and ranking second on his team in PER with an average of 12.6. He's shown the ability to be a very impactful player. Do you agree with me? Do you also have Petrushev as your number one? Yeah, yeah I do. Uh, I think he had a, a pretty good season and uh, I do agree that he can become a, a, a star center or power forward, however you want to define his role. Uh, I think he can be a star big man in EuroLeague for years to come. So absolutely, I had him number one. Yeah, he's an absolutely worth it winner of this edition rising stars of the EuroLeague. Let's move on to the defensive player of the year. And my honorable mentions here were, were Nikola Kalinic from Barcelona, John Brown from Monaco and Rodrigo Baboa from Efes. Uh, Three worthy players to be on, on this mix. Although I thought that uh, there is a clear top two and uh, I leaned Nigel Hayes-Davis as slightly above of these trees and having Nigel as my number three. I will go ahead and uh, just point out that Nigel has David, the 28-year-old 20 6'8 forward American from Fenerbahce. He ended the season with 10.7 points, 4.4 rebounds, 1.5 assists and 1.2 steals. He's a versatile player, able to defend multiple positions, being a big part of the reason why Fenerbahce was able to stay alive in the competition. And while he had to carry a heavier load offensively, showing big improvements on that area of, the, of his game, he kept providing on the defensive end. That's why why I rank him third on my Defensive Player of the Year top three. Who were your honorable mentions and who ranked in third place of your top three? Okay, so my honorable mention was John Brown from Monaco. 
uh, I just love his ability to to defend. Uh, I think he's probably a, a top three defender in terms of front court in the in Euro League. But it's his ability to switch that that I just love. He he can stay in front of guards. His energy is insane. So uh, I had to mention him. And then my number three is the same as you. Uh, I have Nigel Ace Davis. Uh, I love that he's capable of maintaining his defensive presence uh, as he is improving offensively and having a bigger role offensively. Uh, he's so versatile. He can he can play multiple positions on offense and he can defend multiple positions on defense. He's a big wing with a, a long wingspan. So... I really like his game overall, and uh, I think he's a great defender, and he absolutely deserves to be top three. I absolutely agree with you. Let's see if we agree the rest of the way. I'm actually quite curious because we don't um, share our picks beforehand, so we can discuss them here on the podcast. I debated for a while about my, my top two, but in the end, I thought it was pretty clear who the number one should be, so I'm curious to see who will you have on your top two. My number two ended up being Thomas Walkup, the 30-year-old 6'4 American guard from Olympiacos. He ends the season with 7.9 points, 2.8 rebounds, 5.9 assists, and 1.9 steals. He's able to defend two or three positions on the court, and he's an elite ball defender that has the ability to disrupt the other team's offense. Walkup is one of the key pieces of the team with the best defensive rating in the in the Euroleague, and this was the reason why I had him such high consideration for the, the top spot, but I believe that he's more of an elite cog of a real well-built defense where he thrives due to his elite defensive ability, while my number one is the anchor that uh, has the ability to impact a whole impact a whole game at uh, an even higher level. Do you have walk up at number two, or do you have a different top two than I do? I have a I have a different player at number two, uh, not well. Thomas Walkup. Uh, I have Walter Tavares as number two, and uh, I, I'm guessing Walter Tavares is your number one. You guessed correctly. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I, I think. Walter Tavares absolutely is deserving of the Defensive Player of the Year. Don't get me wrong. But I just think... Uh, okay, I'm going to reveal it right now. We have the same top two, just in the in a different order. Okay, uh, go ahead. <laughs> I, I had Thomas Walkup at number one. And the way I differentiated was... I think it's harder for guards to have mm-hmm. that much of an impact defensively. And Walter Tavares, especially with his size, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not taking anything away from him. He he is a great defender, protecting the rim and anchoring that Real Madrid defense. But I just think for Thomas Walkup as a guard, uh, a lot of times having to guard uh, bigger players because he plays the two, so sometimes he has to, to guard those wings who are bigger than him and stronger, and he still does a great job. He, he leads the EuroLeague in steals. So I think both of these players are absolutely deserving of number one. But uh, I went ahead and gave it to Thomas Walker because after the season he had, I think he deserved this. So uh, I'm going to give it to him. But absolutely, if Walter Tavares wins it, uh, I think it's totally deserved. I certainly wouldn't be mad if Walker wins this award. He's very deserving. He's one of my absolute favorite players to, to watch. And his defensive impact is visible. He really is able to, to disrupt the other team. But for me, Walter Tavares needed to, to be the number one here. I really debated myself. The 31-year-old Cap Verdean center from Real Madrid ends the season with 10.3 points, 6.5 rebounds, 1.6 assists, 0.9 steals and 2.3 blocks. He's not only the anchor 
of the, the team that ranks second in the defensive rating. Uh, he is one of the biggest reasons for it, if not the biggest one. Real allows only 49.62% average two-point shooting from their opponents, with his rim protection having a massive impact on, on that number. That's why I think that uh, Walter Tavares is still the, the most impactful defender of the of the whole EuroLeague. That's why I give him the note as the defensive player of the year of this edition of the EuroLeague. Although I I absolutely love your pick and I really, really love Thomas Walkup and I think this was a two-man fight between those two players and I don't think any other player had the impact that those two had. So let's go ahead and let's um, show have our all EuroLeague defensive teams. I kind of gave it away with my honorable mentions, but uh, <laughs> who do you have? Who are your guards for your all EuroLeague defensive teams? Okay, so my, my two guards are... Darius Thompson from Basconia and Thomas Walkup from Olympiacos. Um, I think Darius Thompson uh, was kind of underrated defensively. Um, he had multiple games with three or more steals. Uh, I think overall he is a guard with a, a long wingspan. He can get a lot of steals. He can stay in front of guys. Uh, I saw him get some chase down blocks this year. So I think uh, for, as far as the point guard position, uh, I think he was deserving of this mention and then Thomas Walkup obviously uh, we've, we've talked about him already so these are my two guards not only some chest on blocks but also a, a three-point shot block on plies to a clutch three-point shot block on ties uh, plies to win a game so Thompson had a very good season with one of the leaders of the EuroLeague in steals per game but uh, alongside Walkup I went with Boba I think that Boba has a, a bigger impact as a on-ball defender I think uh, he might be one of the best in the EuroLeague doing it he has shown to be one of the, the best guard defenders in the league alongside Walkup and I had them a tier above the other contenders. Thompson was nearby. I think he's a very high IQ defender. He's a very clever defender, but uh, I think Boba was able to, to be a slightly more impactful on ball defender and that's why I'm having him alongside Walkup as my second guard on my all EuroLeague defensive team. My forwards are Nigel Hayes-Davis. I had Kalinich in consideration, but I went with John Brown here. Uh, what about you? I assume that uh, you might have went also John Brown because you mentioned him on your uh, honorable mentions. Yeah, I have Nigel Hayes, John Brown, and my center, uh, Walter Tavares. We, we've kind of talked about all of them already. Uh, obviously, all great defenders. And uh, I think, to, uh, I understand the Rodrigo Boboa pick, but to me, it was this was a pretty easy choice, honestly. These five. So John Brown, the six-five American forward. While it was sort of close between him and Kalinic, John Brown' versatility and the importance that he has on Monarch team success made me lean on his direction. And like you have mentioned, his ability to switch—it's it's a massive skill that he have, and uh, his aggressivity on the forwards and guards, and even ability to defend centers as well makes him one of the most unique defenders of this era league. So let's move on to the award that I might be the most curious about because while I had a clear top two for this award i really struggled to to choose who would be in third place i had four names in contention for for this uh, third place obradovich from monaco katash from maccabi max vitis from uh, zalgiris and penaroya from basconia do you have these four names also in contention for your third place or who do you have in third place and which names did you left out yeah uh, i left out uh, coach obradovich um 
nothing against him as a coach, obviously. It's just that uh, I kind of expected Partizan to be a playoff team or to be in that fight. And even though they still surprised me getting to the sixth seed and the way they finished the season, uh, I thought that other coaches uh, had harder jobs, uh, per se. So uh, I do have Obradovich as an honorable mention, but uh, he didn't make my, my top three. And then I have two coaches uh, fighting for that third spot. Uh, and you had them as well. It's coach John Penaroya and coach Kazis Max, Max Vitis from Zalgiris. It can be Penaroya three or four. You can flip them up. It's kind of the same. I will give the nod to coach Katash from Maccabi on my third place. I think that the way that Maccabi are playing, it's impressive. And I think he has done a very good job making the team get to this point. The team shown to, to be one of the best in the competition at this point of the season. And they, they did improve a lot. And they are pushing, he is pushing the right buttons to make this team work. And that's why I will have him on third place, leaving Max Vitis and Panaroya out of my top three. And okay. you mentioned that, that you left him out. And and Abradovich is my number two on my EuroLeague Coach of the Year. I think that uh, Partizan is having a great season. The way that they improved at, after a slow start, in, for me, it's a sign of great coaching and great leadership. And that's what, for me, it's like Abradovich brings to the table. He's one of the best leaders, if not the best leader in the EuroLeague. I think he's deserved of being on this top three. I know that you for sure don't doubt that he's a top three coach in the EuroLeague. So give us, who did you rank second on your EuroLeague Coach of the Year? Yeah, uh, for me, uh, at number two, I had uh, Maccabi's coach, Odette Katash. Um, I think when they built the team uh, this summer, uh, I, I just saw them adding a, a lot of talent, but I, I didn't think they would fit together. And they struggled at the beginning, but they absolutely turned it around and they figured each other out and, and they found out how to win games and how to play good basketball. And the way they finished the season is insane. And they have a legit shot at getting to the Final Four. So I think Coach Odette Katach deserves a lot of credit for that. And I have him at number two. I am like 99.9% sure that we have the, the number one Mr. Georges Bratso because I don't think there is a way around it. The This Olympiakos team is absolutely amazing the way he's playing. He's making the right calls. He's making the right decisions. He's putting the right lineups on the floor. They rank second in offensive rating. They rank first on defensive rating. They are an absolutely incredible team. So surprise me and tell me you don't have Bratsokas in first place on your early coach of the year. Yeah, this time I, I can't surprise you because <laughs> I, I don't even think it was close. Uh, I think absolutely Coach Bartuk is deserved number one here. He, he coached such an amazing season for Olympiakos. Uh, I already knew that they were a great team, but I certainly did not expect them to 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 finish as the first seed. And the way they did it, like playing great basketball on both sides of the floor. So he deserves so much credit for that. And Sometimes going with its bench instead of the starters, like he he really had guts to coach this team, and he did it the right way. So absolutely, he deserves coach of the year. I really don't think it's close. Yeah, I also don't think it's closed. Like Olympiacos is just a well-oiled machine that keeps grinding the other teams and keeps playing at an extremely high level. And he's one of the the biggest reasons why it's a selfless team, a well-coached team. He is for me the the best 
Euroleague coach for this season and for this regular season. And it's a well-deserved award. Mm. Let's get the best crowd on the Euroleague. And this is a shout out to all the great fans of all the 18 teams of the Euroleague. I will go ahead and I will rank my, my top three. I have Partizan number one. I think it's hard not to have them on top of this top three of the best crowds. They sold out arenas. They beat records of attendance. They are just amazing at home and on the road. Number two, I have Zalgiris. Uh, they also have an impressive impact on their team uh, home performances and home records. And it's one of the, the best arenas and one of the best fans that we have in the competition. And number three, I have Maccabi. I think they also, the, besides the team having the best home crowd, home court of the Euroleague, they also have one of the best home crowds and they deserve a shout out. And that's why they're ranking third on my top three. Uh, and also a shout out to teams like Olympiacos and Red Star that have amazing home crowds. I'm looking forward to see Paratinaikos home crowd also coming back and fighting for this top three in the end of next regular season. What about you? Where do you rank differently the, the home crowds of this, this edition of the Euroleague Dior? Yeah, the, the list is pretty similar to yours. Uh, I agree at number one and two. Uh, I have Partizan and Zalgiris. And then uh, your number three uh, is probably my number four uh, in Maccabi. Uh, I had Red Star as the third. And Olympiacos also gets a mention as the fifth the fifth team. So we kind of had the same teams. So all of these teams have great crowds. And obviously, some teams that didn't make the list also have great crowds. But I think these are the ones that really stand out and deserve this consideration, but uh, absolutely partisan number one. They they were amazing this year, even in road games. Their, their fans are, are there anyway, so they absolutely deserve it. And I think for the playoffs, it's going to be it's going to be insane in there. Also, the, the Turkish teams, Fenerbahce, EFES, Valencia and Basconi also have very good home crowds. Virtus also has very good supporters on their games. Euroleague is an amazing place to, to watch basketball and to experience basketball. And these home crowds are a big part of this. And uh, this year, we rank Partizan first, Salgiris second. And then we debate between Maccabi, Olympiacos and Red Star for our third place. Let's then move on to our all Euroleague teams, first and second teams. I will go ahead. And I will give you my guards for the first and second team. And then you can tell me where do you disagree with me and why. My guards for my first Euroleague team are Mike James and Lorenzo Brown. For me, they were the two most uh, impactful guards on two teams that perform at a very high level. And uh, for my second team, I have Darius Thompson and Dante Exum. I left out Vasily Misic. Although he was one of the best guards in the competition and ranked high in PER, I wasn't able to, to put two FS players on my all League teams, giving away uh, that I will have another FS player here. But uh, I went Mike James Lorenzo Brown on my, my first League team. And on my second all League team, I had Darius Thompson and Exum. Darius Thompson had a serious case to be on the first team, but the fact that Basconia was left out of the playoffs was what waited here and got him into the into the second all League team. What about you? Okay, so I think we're going to disagree some here. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Okay, so my guards for the first team all Euroleague was Mike James. We agree there. And I had Zan and Musa as my two. And then for my second team, I had Thomas Walkup and I had Wade Baldwin. So uh, Darius Thompson is an honorable mention, uh, Misic, honorable mention, and Lorenzo Brown, honorable mention. I didn't have Dante Axum uh, even as an honorable mention. 
even though he had a great season, of course. Um, to me, uh, if Darius Thompson had made the playoffs, he would probably be in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Misic, it, it's the same reason as you. Uh, I can't have two FS players on the first or second team. And then Lorenzo Brown, uh, I think between him and Wade, like it was very close. Uh, and I do think Lorenzo is a better player. But I think Wade Baldwin actually had a, a better season. So uh, even and when Maccabi was playing their best basketball, like in the second half of the season, uh, even when Lorenzo came back from injury, I think Wade was the was the guy uh, playing the having the better performances and being the best player on the team. So it was pretty close between them two. Uh, it took me some time to to figure out who was going to make it, but uh, I went with Wade Baldwin. Wade Baldwin is clearly an honorable mention for me as well. I had forgot to mention him when I mentioned Vasily Misic. That was left out of my two Euro League teams. I have Musa as a forward because okay. he does play some minutes at uh, the forward position as well. I do agree that he's a guard, but uh, I cheated here because when <laughs> I was uh, when I was ranking players, I tried to put as many top players as I could here, and I preferred to add an extra guard uh, in Musa to to go as a forward, and he will be on my my second Euro League team as a forward and uh, include Dante Exum instead of of leaving him out. I went Lorenzo Brown over Wade Baldwin because I think that he's more of a stabilizer force. I do agree that um, Wade Baldwin raises the ceiling of a team, but um, I don't think he's as reliable. And uh, Lorenzo Brown's statistical case for this season is uh, way better than uh, Wade Baldwin in terms of uh, his statistical performance across the season. That's why I'm giving him the nod and that's why I'm including him on my first team. Darius Thompson would have been on my first team if uh, Basconi had made it to to the playoffs. If I had had Musa on, the, on my guard spots, I would have probably have had Musa on my first team as a guard, but I love that you disagree. So let's move on to the, the forwards and see if we disagree a little bit more. I already said I, I had Zana Musa in my Alero League second team. I have Nikola Mirotic and Zekov as my Alero League first team forwards. I doubt we will disagree on that one. And I have Will Clyburn in my Alero League second team. I don't have any other forwards in contention for these uh, two teams. That's the reason why I decided to go with Musa as a forward because the other names that I consider in the forward positions were Gabriel Deck, Posey Colson, Nigel Hayes-Davis, and uh, I seriously gave a look to, to Nigel Hayes-Davis. I just think that these other players have had a much better statistical case to be here, and uh, all of them are high-level players. So I went with uh, Musa Clyburn on my Alero League second team, Zankov and Mirotic on my Alero League first team. Who do you have? Okay, so in my first team, I have Will Clyburn and Sasha Vezenkov. Um, I think Will Clyburn, uh, he, he did not make the playoffs, so maybe I shouldn't have him first team, but uh, I think he was the best player for FS all year and the most consistent one as well. And I think overall, he might be the, the best player in EuroLeague period or top three at least. So I think he, he still deserves this type of consideration because he, he had an amazing season and it's just... FS, uh, they blew it. Like I don't think it's his fault. I think he, I honestly think he's the per- the person who deserves the least amount of blame because he he still performed at a high level, even though they they didn't use him the right way most of the time. So I think he deserves it. Uh, Sasha, obviously, uh, we know the season he's had. So absolutely, he is my my power forward or one of my forwards here. 
And then in the second team, I had Nigel Hayes-Davis and I had Nikola Mirotic. The reason I didn't have Mirotic in the first team is because he only played, uh, I think, 24 games. So if he had played the full season, he obviously would have been in my first team. No, no doubt about that. But because of the, the question of the amount of games played, I had him in the second team. And my honorable mentions, uh, I had uh, Gershon Yabuzeli. And Motley, if you consider him a forward, uh, I have a Jonathan Motley as well. But he, he could be honorable mention as far as either forwards or centers. Oh boy, I can't wait to get to the MVP debate. But let's stay here a little bit longer. I do agree that Will Clyburn is one of the best or the best player in the EuroLeague. I think the team success matters. That's why I give the nod to, to Mirotic and Zekov. I do agree that Will Clyburn is at the very least a top two player. But probably the other two top players of the EuroLeague might be these other two forwards or they will certainly be in contention for that and uh, that's why I have Mirotic and Zankov. Yeah, and, and by the way, let me just say this. Uh, I think the the 24 games that Nico Mirotic did play, I think he was probably the best player in EuroLeague in those games. Uh, but, uh, I mean, missing a third of the season, uh, I think it's quite a lot. So I, I just didn't have him first team. Let's go to the centers. And Jonathan Motley was my honorable mention here. I left him out. My first team all League center was Walter Tavares. And my second team all League center was Matias Lasort. I think that Lasort season, and especially his statistical season, makes him a deserving second team all League center. Who are your centers? Yeah, I agree with you in both and in the honorable mention. So. Yeah, I, I just think Walter Tavares is too dominant of a player. And even if Lasort has a better statistical season, I do give the note to Tavares here. Let's move on and let's end this episode with our MVP debate. This will be a nice one because of the argument we just had regarding the All-NBA teams. My honorable mentions are Will Clyburn. I think he is indeed in the discussion to be the best player of the EuroLeague. And that's why I think he's worthy honorable mention. He should be on this debate. I think the fact that the team failed to, to be in the playoffs puts him out of this conversation, but uh, he is worth to mention and he's worth to be in the mix because he's one of the best, if not the best player in the EuroLeague. Another honorable mention I have, and this is where it will get interesting, is Mike James. The bad end of the regular season for me took him out of my top three. I had him as my number two for a long time. He ends in fourth place. Who are your honorable mentions? Okay, so my honorable mentions are... Will Clyburn as well. Uh, I just think team success took him out of the conversation, but uh, I think he deserves a mention. Uh, I have uh, Zanin Musa as an honorable mention as well. Uh, I think he had a, an amazing season, and I think he was the the leader, at least offensively, for Real Madrid. He, I think he, he had a pretty good season, and the team had success as well. So I think he deserves a, a mention here. And uh, this guy probably shouldn't get mentioned because you didn't. And I'm pretty sure you would have if he had played more games. And it's Mirotic, like I said before. Uh, I think if he had played more games, he would absolutely be in the top three. Because uh, when he did play, to me, he was the best player in EuroLeague. Uh, oh, but he I performed will. as the best player in EuroLeague. So he's, he deserves a mention as well because he certainly would have been there if he had played all those games. Oh, but I will mention Mirotic. <laughs> because I'm really... I really think that uh, he performed as the best player 
of the Euroleague for those 24 games. And yeah. that's why I have him on my, my third place. Barcelona ends the season in second place. I think that uh, Mirotic is the best player of the, the second best team. And that's why, despite him playing only 24 games, I gave him a nod ahead of Will Clyburn, Mike James, and I have him on my third place of my MVP rankings. I only don't have him higher in second because of the, the games missed. So who do you have in third place? Okay, so my third place, I have Mike James. Um, I agree with you that uh, he, he was second for most of the season, but then uh, when he was out and then when he came back, he didn't perform at the same level, and especially the team didn't perform at the same level. So he kind of fell a little bit, but uh, I don't think he, he felt enough for me to not have him in the top three. Uh, and again, with that Miritich question about the, the games played, I completely would have Miritich ahead of him uh, had he played all those games. But uh, I'm going to keep Mike James in, as my number three. Yeah, if it wasn't for the suspension and uh, the way that he performed and the team performed on these last games, I will have Mike James as well ahead of Mirotic. I just think that those things balance out with the games missed by Mirotic for injury and with those things being closer together than they were before, I think Mirotic was the best player between the two on this edition and that's why I'm giving them the edge. And what I like about these discussions is that even if we disagree on certain things on all EuroLeague teams, we are debating the best of the best, so the margins are very small and we can just have into one side or the other but let's go into our top two i'm 100 sure we have this, the same number one and that will be the great sasha zankov by far the mvp of this edition of the competition he was absolutely incredible i'm pretty certain you will have him as well but you will let me know he ends the season with 17.6 points 7.1 rebounds 1.9 assists 0.9 steals 0.2 blocks and a 22.2 per to to end the season and it was an absolute mvp playing for the best team in the competition. Let's see if you have the same number one, but my number two is Mr. Walter Tavares, my defense, defensive player of the year. I think he has a massive impact on the game. I would have him in fourth place behind Mirotic and Mike James, but for the reasons we just point out about games missed and the downfall late in the season, this is why I put Walter Tavares in front of those two other players, although I think they are in a tier by themselves. Will Clyburn for the team success or lack of it will also be part of this tier but uh, they are all one level below the Mr. Sasha Zenkov my MVP for this edition of the EuroLeague what about you who is your top two yeah I agree with the top two and I agree with the order as well uh, I think Walter Tavares deserves to be in here uh, not only because of his defensive ability but just his impact on the game overall uh, absolutely he deserves to be here uh, I had Musa as an honorable mention. I think one of them had to be in the top three, and I, I think Walter Tavares uh, was the more m the most important player for Real Madrid all year. So it had to be him. And number one, I mean Sasha. It's not it's not up for a debate. Uh, I think everybody's gonna have Sasha Vizenkov as the MVP. He he was the best player on the best team. He had great numbers. Like his performance this year was insane so absolutely he deserves the mvp and he will get it so yeah we agree we absolutely agree and musa i just think that um, if he had a bigger role on some other team he will absolutely be on this debate i think he will have very good years ahead of him at times on this season he had 
a big enough role to be able to to perform at the level that he can in terms of talent. I do agree with you that he's up here. I, I just don't think that he had the the statistical case or wasn't allowed to have the, the statistical case to be here in this consideration. But uh, we do agree in most of it. And we do rank Sasha Zenkov on top of our top threes for this edition of the EuroLeague MVP. Let's wrap up another episode of the European Hoops podcast. Make sure you guys tune in Monday when we will be recapping what happened on the first two games of each of the four Illyric series and see how our predictions will be holding by then. Subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Itos Euroleague where we bring you any news that break about the competition, must-watch games, injury reports and our daily trades in the end of each day of the competition bringing you all the highlights of the action. My name is Andre and I'll be seeing you guys Bye, guys. See you on next episode. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.